Why am I here? Everything you do out there in the streets, Red, it doesn't work. Did you know that? Oh, and what you're doing is better? What I do, I just do. It's out of necessity. Come on. You know you're not the only one, right? Who did you lose? Huh? Was it someone you loved? Well, boo-hoo. Let me tell you something, buddy. Everybody's lost someone. Doesn't mean you have to do this. The loss doesn't work the same for everybody, yeah, Red. that's right. It's clearly not working for you. Well, maybe not. We don't get to pick the things that fix us, Red. Make us whole. Make us feel purpose. My moment of clarity came from the strangest of places. What kind of name is the devil of Hell's Kitchen, anyway? I mean, really? I didn't ask for that name. I'm sorry. I don't see you running from it. I don't do this to hurt people. Yeah, so what is that? Just a job part? I, I don't kill anyone. Is that why you think you're better than me? No. Is that why you think you're a big hero? It doesn't matter what I think or what I am. People don't have to die. Come on, Red. You believe that? I believe it's not my call, and it ain't yours either. Somebody asked you to put on that costume, or you take it upon yourself. You know what I think, you hero? I think you're a half measure. I think you're a man who can't finish the job. I think that you're a coward. You know, the one thing that you just can't see, you know you're one bad day away from being me. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, and we have another amazing episode for you guys tonight. We have another top five episode for you guys this week. And we're talking about something that we haven't talked about before. We've we've been talking about some Disney stuff, and uh, now we're moving us to something completely different, and that is top five antiheroes. Yes. So, what is an antihero? What is the definition of antihero? Well, you know, it's kind of up to you. And we got a lot of different answers. And we have our own answers later on in the show, and uh, we're going to get into that shortly. But before we do that, introductions are in order. My name is Ben, and joining me is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. What's up with you, man? Hey, dude. I actually just finished, not like a half hour ago, I just finished watching Avatar The Last Airbender all the way through. Oh, wow. And nice. I've, been, I've been putting it off for a really long time because I just didn't want it to end. It was such a fantastic show that I was like, I don't want this to be over yet. And so I finally just bit the bullet and was like, you know what? I'm going to get this over with. I'm going to be done with it so that I can go on and watch Legend of Korra. Because I've got CBS All Access for free for the summer. 
uh, or at least the uh, the, the free uh, commercial free version is uh, they've upgraded me for free for the summer, and so I'm going to go through Legend of Korra while I have the opportunity, and uh, try and get both of those series knocked out pretty soon. So yeah, I'm still kind of dealing with that, <laughs> trying to like deal with my emotions of how that show went and how amazing it was. But uh, that's probably best saved for like a YouTube special or something. I think Steven Schinder just finished it, and Jake, you're kind of like two thirds of the way through it or something like that. So yeah, roughly. So maybe once the three of us finish it up, we do like a special edition episode on YouTube talking about that show or something. Because yeah, uh, that that was something that definitely deserves a lot more discussion than just a, a few minute synopsis buffering into a new podcast episode here. So. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other voice you're hearing is our other co-host, Mr. Jake Damon. What's up with you, Jake? Hey, man. Um, Not a whole lot. I mean, I've had a pretty busy couple of weeks here. Um, Sorry I missed last week's episode, but it is great to be back for sure. Talking anti-heroes with you guys. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give anything away here. Actually, I was going to I was going to go into a little bit about uh, what Sharon and I were doing tonight, what we were watching. But that might give away something on my list and I don't want to do that. So I won't. But uh, yeah, it's great to be back and I can't wait to talk. Yeah, indeed. You know, what you were doing just a moment ago wasn't talking. What? Wait, what was that? You were you were literally just talking. Uh, yeah. Okay. You I can't, there. can't. I can't wait to talk. <laughs> I can't wait to talk with you guys about our lists. Let me be clear on that. <laughs> you have to be more specific around this guy. He won't let you get away with these things. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just crazy. Just unbelievable. This is as good as it gets. Al <laughs> City, anybody? I hope it's not as good as it gets. Nobody. Owl. Owl City. Nothing. Okay. Fine. No. Oh yeah, I love Owl City. <laughs> Desert Lane. <laughs> It's going to well, be like that. He's already going off the rails. Already going so, off the rails. You were you were mentioning what is the definition of an antihero. And I just went to dictionary.com just to see if they had some kind of particular definition. Um, it's not very clear. Uh, there's not a whole lot of attributes that can be very uh, narrowed down out of this. But it, it says, a central character in a story, movie, or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm getting similar things. Um, I went to this site called nofilmschool.com, which I have never seen before. So they must be experts on this. They must be an authority. So let, let's just go with this. Um, so they say an antihero is a central character in a story, movie, or television show that lacks conventional heroic attributes, basically what you just said. Um, you'd find in a traditional hero, they often defined by the traits they share with an antagonist. They use at times unsavory methods to get the job of a traditional hero done. Their characteristics, their character arcs can soften them or harden them depending on the narrative at, at hand. And they list two different kinds of antiheroes. Number one, one with altruistic goals and unconventional techniques. Number two, a villain we follow as a protagonist. And looking at people's lists that we've gotten so far, um, looks like we've got a wide range of definitions because, yeah, you know, wide, because I, both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that I've kind of stuck on is like main character because there's so many side characters that I would love to put in there, but I'm kind of sticking to just main character, someone who is yeah. a villain that is thing. But at the same time, if someone else wants to go off the rails, that's fine because we don't have any rules here. Normally speaking, 
except for keep your list in order, all right? Because that drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I love the ones that say in no particular order. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm going to give it order. Oh, when we get to one, we're going to get to it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound off, all right? Well, that's just around the corner. Um, but uh, why don't we just go ahead and get into these? Because we've got quite a few, and the first one comes from our buddy, Mr. Joey Mays, who is a patron, and of course, as a patron, you always get top billing here on the top fives. You always get your top five list read out first, and Joey is no different. Um, he says, I'm going to use the list I found on Wikipedia, pointed out by Stephen Schinder. Otherwise, this could get out of hand. Not sure I necessarily agree with everyone listed here, but it's on Wikipedia, so it has to be true, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how the internet works, I suppose. Honorable mentions, Han Solo. Kylo Ren, Sherlock Holmes, John McClane from Die Hard, and The Punisher. So, wide range of stuff. And uh, even Han Solo is someone that I don't necessarily think of as an anti-hero, but like his character arc is, he's an, he's an anti-hero. Begins as an anti-hero. Um, scoundrel, smuggler, yeah. card player. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And, uh, so, and he starts off with number five, Gregory House from the TV show House. Number four, Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Number three, Dean Winchester from Supernatural. Number two, Veronica Mars from the TV show Veronica Mars. And number one, Louise Belcher, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That's probably going to be my favorite number one of the whole night. No offense meant to anybody else's list, but oh my gosh, I had never thought of Louise as an antihero until Joey put her at the top of his list. And all of a sudden, <laughs> just like, click. It all makes sense now. I gotta watch more Bob's Burgers. Dude, oh my gosh. Bob's Burgers is probably, it's it's right up there with, like, Rick and Morty for me as far as animated TV shows go. That's high praise. Like, like okay, uh, if I'm being totally honest, I think I preferred Solar Opposites over Rick and Morty. I know that's gonna sound like really? heresy. Oh. I know that sounds like heresy, but the type of humor that they did and the stories that they developed on Solar Opposites just resonated with me more than some of the stuff on Rick and Morty has done. But it's uh like Steven's saying in the chat, Bob's Burgers has surprisingly not jumped the shark and it's been on since two thousand eleven. This show has had several seasons. Like, it's got nine or ten seasons to it. And it's still just as funny as it was when it first started playing. Like, this show has a lot of longevity. It's got great characters. It's just, it it was, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm glad that it's still around. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and next up, we've got some peacekeepers. And uh, Jake, could you please read off Mr. Kenny Crayley Jr.'s list? Jakey Poo, could you yes, sir. please read the five that's next in line? I didn't say Jakey Poo. I was tempted, but I didn't say it. <laughs> well, whole... I'm only going to respond to Jakey Poo, so <laughs> try again, try again. The zipper of your voice just sounded like you were hoping to say Jakey Poo and then, like, held off. Jakey Poo, can you please? All right, I'll do it. Please with the little whist. All right, you guys know how to get me to do stuff. Um, all right, Kenny's list goes as follows: number five, The Punisher; number four, The Winter Soldier; number three, Ghost Rider; number two, Deadpool; and number one, 
breaking the chain of Marvel characters is a DC character known as a Deathstroke. I was about to say, oh. that is very Marvel heavy. Yeah, I was going to say, is this all Marvel? And then I saw Deathstroke. But uh, <laughs> that is a great list. That Those are all really solid antiheroes, I think. Especially... Especially Deathstroke, and I think it depends, like some of these, um, it depends more so with Deathstroke and Winter Soldier, but it depends on the interpretation of the character, because sometimes sometimes Deathstroke isn't good at all, you know, and and I think shows like Arrow and... uh, and Titans have kind of, well, more so Arrow, but kind of shown like what they can be like if they're not totally evil or before they've gone completely to the evil side. So yeah, great list. And uh, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Mm, 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 interesting. I'm getting more lists coming in, by the way. So uh, oh. be on the lookout for that. Oh. I, 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 I'm hitting up a couple of, um, a couple of chats that I'm a part of and uh, people in the group chat are sending me stuff. So I may send y'all screenshots in our chat eventually to send you some other lists that are coming in. But cool. the next the next one that we get is from uh, Robin Glader, who called me out on some of my selections that I was trying to narrow oh. down my five and uh, was like, some of these are not antiheroes. And then I look at Robin's list and I'm like, some of those might not be antiheroes, but <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's agree all to in, disagree. Yeah, it's all in good fun, because I think that's the beauty of of defining an antihero is. You know, you've got to take a look at their character arc. You've got to take a look at their personality. You've got to take a look at their influence on the show, and uh, and what kind of presence they have, and what kind of emotions they particularly evoke uh, while they're on screen. Do they come across as good? Do they come across as bad? Do they come across as neutral? Just do the job, get it over with. Like, who knows? And uh, that's that's part of the beauty of, of trying to identify an anti-hero because you may see that in one character on one show or movie. You may not see it on another. So here's Robin's list at number five, Max Rokotensky from Mad Max, uh, Peyton Westlake, AKA dark man, Quint from the movie Jaws, uh-huh. Gaius Baltor from uh, Ronald D. Moore's Battlestar Galactica. And then this is probably my favorite choice. Uh, Elam Garrick from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I am a oh. huge Niner, okay? DS9 is probably my favorite of the Star Trek series. And one of the most iconic characters in there is Garrick. He is such an enigma. He is such a mystery, but such a crucial player the deeper into the series you get. He starts out as just kind of this this mysterious rogue in the first couple of seasons that you're like, I don't know why he's here. I don't know what purpose he serves. And then they really flesh out his character into someone that is completely complex and have a a really, really hard time understanding where he comes from and what his motives are. And I don't know. I really, I really like that selection. It was one I hadn't thought of, but actually made me rethink selections that I'm putting in my list based on, that selection so yeah. a lot nice. of great great diversity of franchises in there too oh yeah very true like it's all it's all different franchises so now yeah, i'm also, now, now i'm also thinking okay so do i have someone from this franchise that i could potentially branch out towards is there somebody from this franchise yeah i i'll be honest my five's not complete nor is mine it's still in flux 
Mine uh, yeah. is barely complete. It's 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 kind of it's kind of unfair for us to be like telling people you need to have your list by the time we record because we're still recording and we still don't have our list. <laughs> <laughs> you there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> barely. All barely. right. So up next we have the moment you've all been waiting for the segment <sighs> that you've all been waiting for the segment that is the most famous segment. Maybe second famous. Maybe it's the first, most famous. I don't know. It's I the most it's per- famous top five segment. How about that? There you go. There you go. There's your caveat, Stephen. We have tonight this edition of Shinda's List. All right. So we have... Steven Schindler's list. I think he understands like how much pressure we're putting on him, giving him his own segment during these shows, because boy, oh boy, does he have a list for us. Um, and I think it's going to take me and Jake to get through it. Um, so I will start off with number five. He says, this was, a, this was tough to figure out, but I managed to pick five worth mentioning. Uh, number five, Rick Sanchez. Let's face it, he's an asshole, a jerk-ass, and I mean a huge jerk-ass with a heart of gold, somewhat. He can invent pretty much anything, make his adventures with Morty fun to watch. Even their killing sprees get so absurd that they might be entertaining, though there are moral questions. Deep down, Rick is human. He knows what it's like to lose the one he loves. He probably suffered so much hurt in the past, some of it no longer phases him as he sees different versions of his family. More recently, he even admits to himself that he is a terrible father. There you have it. Um, number four, we've got Deadpool. He's just fun to watch, whether it be in a comic book, a video game, animation, or live action. He may have depth sometimes, but it's also fun when he goes through absolutely bonkers situations you don't have to think too hard about. It's fun, it's funny, and all around good times. Wait, <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Uh, with absurd violence and fourth wall breaking. Yeah, that's one thing I love about Deadpool is the fourth wall breaking, for yeah. sure. That is a great aspect. Um, number three, he says, Sly Cooper. This raccoon thief is what got me into video games. He showed me that there are characters who might be considered criminals with some sort of code of honor. He might not have many character flaws, come to think of it, but he's fun to play as, as he learns the different skills his ancestors came up with. Uh, Number two, The Driver. Ryan Gosling's character from the 2011 film Drive, which is apparently based on a novel, In such few words, you still get a sense of what this character is feeling. He lives a life of crime, but he wants to do what he can for the family of the woman he loves, even when it seems to him that they are destined to never be together. Though he is mainly an anti-hero, he learns what it truly means to be a real human being slash a real hero. It's a really good song. It's tragic, and Ryan Gosling does such a great job as this character. Nice, nice. And um, number one for Steven is Saul Goodman. Um, He says, in Breaking Bad, he was more of the scummy comic relief, though toward the end of the series, I got the sense that there was, was a more human side to him. Better Call Saul delves into that human side, showing how James McGill becomes the lawyer, the character we know. His family life is really sad, and Bob Odenkirk does such a great job depicting the character going through various emotions this is a top-notch 
acting right here. And I've heard so much about Saul Goodman, despite never seeing either show. I can say this. He is one of the best television characters of all time. And I love that he's number one on this. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, the fact that he got his own spinoff to say something about that. Mm Mm-hmm. If you if you get your own series based on a hit series, you know you did something right. Yeah. Like Garrick didn't even get <laughs> he didn't even get his own spin off series. He probably deserved one. I'm trying to go through Odenkirk's other stuff because I feel like I've seen him in something else, but I can't remember for the life of me. The only thing I think I've seen Bob Odenkirk in is Incredibles Two. Oh yeah. As uh as uh, the... Winston Dever. Winston Dever, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, basically animated version of himself, which is interesting. Like they just animated Bob Odenkirk and put him in the movie. Um, yeah. Here's 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 something ironic. Uh, Saul Goodman was only in forty three episodes of Breaking Bad, and he's already got fifty episodes of his own show. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, Better Call Saul is a prequel, right? Uh, yes. Oh, maybe that's where I know him from. He was in eight episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, there you go. Really? I know I'm, he's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's got like 120 credits to his name on IMDb. He's yeah, been yeah. he's been around the block. Just he actually auditioned time. for the part of Michael Scott on The Office. He didn't get it, obviously, but he shows up uh, later toward the end of the series uh, as like a as the boss at this different job that Pam is supposed to there. She's thinking about working at and he, he's very Michael Scott ish there. I can actually see that. I can mm-hmm. see Bob and Odenkirk in that role. You, you can't replace Steve Carell. Like Steve Carell no, is, but is perfect. But I, I think Bob Odenkirk would have been another decent choice. Yeah, I could see him part of the cast at the very least, and he was at least partially. Yeah. Um. So uh, real quick, um, we got one general Facebook submission. And that one comes from Adam Best, and he says, <laughs> and not to be confused with Adam West, right. I bet that's not the first time he's heard that. Um, oh, me. similar names, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he says, maybe I'm old school, but he says, uh, he doesn't really put numbers on these, so it's really confusing. Adam, you didn't put numbers on these. So Come at on, least you didn't put them backwards. Um, but uh, he says, uh, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, um, Venom, Deadpool, Spawn, and Punisher, so a Marvel-heavy anti-heroes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Marvel's pretty good at making anti-heroes. Some of the best. I mean, you're you're talking a lot of, like, I mean, and that's just what Marvel does. Like, they make really, not not throwing shit at DC, but, like, you know, Marvel has a lot of really layered characters. Um, yeah. I think even someone like Daredevil might even go into the, you know, anti-hero you know, realm sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of characters, a lot of characters that kind of go that route of, and you, I mean, you have a lot of villains that kind of turn out to be heroes. Look at Loki in the movies, like, yeah, he's a prime example. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. He's like a really good anti hero. He really is. He really is. And he's getting oh. his own show. So, Heck yeah. I mean, he qualifies. He definitely Who qualifies. Loki. Uh, a Loki. Oh, yeah. Loki is definitely, yeah. I, I forgot all I can... about that. To be I got 
I got a little distracted because I'd never heard of Spawn before, and now I'm looking up Spawn on Wikipedia. You've yeah, never Spawn's... heard of Spawn? Wow. Uh, reboot's coming out with Jamie Foxx, I believe. Somehow, oh god, not another Jamie Foxx superhero movie. Didn't we <laughs> a lesson with a Spider-Man 2? <laughs> Didn't see enough of uh, Jamie Foxx and CGI dots. Now this, <laughs> I'm guessing this isn't MCU Spawn. Is it? Not that I. I know, know. they're I'm doing. I know sure they're going to be stamped. I know they're doing what uh, the vampire one. That's going to be MCU with uh, uh, Jared Leto. N- well, Are technically, you about Morbius? N- not Morbius. The other vampire. Um, what the, how am I forgetting his name? The guy uh-huh. plays Uncle Aaron in Spider Verse. Mahershali. Oh, oh, Blade. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, oh. I vampire. I was in the, I was in the ballpark. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, you're totally right. I, I, I don't know why I didn't think of that, but I don't know why I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> Spawn's backstory, it's great, and he could 100 percent just send Superman straight to hell. <laughs> well, that's comforting. This is a friend of mine uh, who, uh, spoiler alert, also has Spawn on his list. Um, that's what prompted me to start looking because Adam had it and then my friend had it and I'm like, I've never heard of this character. He goes, the only way to kill Spawn is to cut off his head with a holy weapon from the Christian heaven. That oh. sounds cool. Damn. So That's intense. Can't say I don't want to see that. I'm, look, I'm looking at this going, whoa. Um, interesting. Very, very interesting. McFarlane enjoyed Superstar's status with the Spider-Man comics. First issue of Spawn was very popular with 1.7 million copies sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spawn is one of those things I've always heard about and never got into, but there are a lot of diehard fans out there. It's like a really, it's like one of those uh, cult things, you know? Uh, apparently, and I just, I, I never got to join the club, so. Yeah, I feel yeah. left out. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Um, do we, do we want to do some of the other Facebook submissions that I just, recently got through facebook messenger or do we want to circle back around to that later it's up to you if you got them ready we can go in and go through them yeah yeah i've got i've got two lists here that i just sent to you guys you can pick and choose which ones you want to read off um actually tell you what i'll send you the ones that actually have names on them so uh, <laughs> i'll i'll do, i'll just go ahead and do the one that my friend chris sent me um he's got spawn at the top of his list he actually sent these to me in gif format and so i had to like recap which ones they were because so like, <laughs> like it was it was a different gif for each character and, and i had to send them a message and was like i don't recognize the one with the cape and he's like oh that's spawn and i was like okay good deal so uh spawn was the first one he sent to me and then he sent me a gif of deadpool and then a gif of magneto and then he sent me a gif of group from despicable me there you and, go. And then the final one was a tip of the cap from Captain Jack Sparrow. That is that is, that is very clever to use gifts, but also very <laughs> unpractical for podcasting. Uh, it's a pain because <laughs> I'm looking at that going, okay, I think I know that one. I'm pretty sure I know that one. I definitely know that one. And, oh, hey, yeah, there's that one. This which, is an audio medium, man. Right, but, man – I think this is the only mention of Gru we're going to get from the movie. But when Unfortunately, because that's brilliant, actually. But when you're talking about you, – you used this definition from your article earlier, a villain that has like a central storyline. That's basically what Despicable Me is about. Yeah. Yeah, you're the right. The villain trying to become the greatest villain of all time, but the movie's about him and his character arc. 
And to me, that's one of the greatest innovations of animated storytelling. Most animated feature films follow a hero character. I have very rarely seen one that follows a villain character. That's to mm-hmm. me what made Despicable Me so unique. Not the minions, not you know the the story, not the not anything else, but the idea, the concept of following the bad guy instead of following the good guy. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Sure. Okay, I'm looking at uh, Mondo's, um, and he says uh, Kratos from God of War, Deadpool, Wolverine, Walter White, and Mad Max. There you go. That's another really good list. That's I mean, great. Mad Max was on uh, Robin's list, I believe. This is the first mention of Wolverine, but not the first mention we've had of Deadpool, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then rather than going from Saul Goodman, we're going to the other side of things and going with Walter White, which is an interesting choice, but one that I cannot disagree with. Indeed. Well, and then uh, these are from Michelle. Uh, she says... These are just some of my favorites and in no particular order. Well, we're Got... Give it a particular order, damn it, Michelle. <laughs> I'm reading them in the order you sent them. <laughs> That's the order. Uh, there's Captain Jack Sparrow, Geralt from the Witcher series. Geralt. Geralt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't Geralt. seen it. You, I haven't played it. How dare you? you? I've always read that as Geralt. You I'm haven't sorry. even watched the Netflix series, have you? Nope. Oh, man. It's I'm, good. I'm it's not as good as Game of Thrones, but it's good. Geralt, my apologies to all of the Witcher fans, including Zach. Uh, Django from I haven't, Django. Played, haven't played the game, but I liked the series. Yeah. Well, I, I might play the game first and then watch the series. I don't know. I don't know which I'm going to do. But uh, Django from Django Unchained. Great movie. Uh, Godzilla, two exclamation points. And then Wolf from Wolf Among Us, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a telltale game uh it's like a mystery or something involving fair uh like nursery rhyme characters uh as far as i know i could be getting that confused with something else but i think that's what that is so great great list wouldn't surprise me michelle is a big time gamer she had a a gaming related youtube channel for quite a quite a bit of time we actually did a crossover with that youtube channel a few years back yeah when it first launched so that was pretty cool uh, George says, "I'm not sure Wolverine is an anti-hero, but I mean, if you look at, if you look at at his character and the way that, like, even in the movies, like the the original X-Men movies, you look at the way that he carries himself. You look at the way that that he goes about doing plans and goes rogue and sometimes does some rather unscrupulous things in order to get the job done. He doesn't go along the traditional hero's pathway. And if you watch Logan." He definitely doesn't remind you of a superhero. He reminds you of a of a broken man just trying to do the right thing. And you know, I think I think there are definitely some anti-hero type aspects to his character at least in cinema. Right. Yeah. And going back to the original definition that I read off like, you know, the first being one with altruistic goals and unconventional techniques or or a villain we follow as the protagonist. So either you know, a Hypothetically, like a good example, this Star Killer, like he's the villain, like he's the bad guy when you start that game in Force Unleashed, and you're following him as the thing. And it'd be the same way with the Punisher. Like in any other story, the Punisher would be the villain, but he's the hero because you're following him. Or it can be right. someone like Wolverine, who I would consider that because he is a good guy with altruistic goals. He has good intentions, but sometimes goes about it in less good ways. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. I think that's All right. Well, we're moving on. Do we have any more Facebook submissions? So far, no, but we do have a little segment towards the end of the show where if you've got some last-minute lists you want to send to us, you can do that. So if you're listening live on show1138.com, just go ahead and send us your list in the chat, and we'll read it off. We're going to do some stuff from Twitter for now, and we'll do like a final call before we do our lists. Absolutely. Um, starting off the Twitter submissions, we have our good buddy, Mr. Chris Abbott, at StarRaptor on Twitter. Um, he says, number five, Rorsarch, Rorsarch, I'm sorry if I'm butchering yeah. the name. I, I know it's from, from, uh, what's it from? Watchmen. Watchmen! I knew yeah, it was uh, my tongue. It's pronounced Rorschach. Rorschach. See, I've heard that name before, but reading it, just, pfft, my mind. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, it's, it's a weird out word. out the window. Forget about it. Just <laughs> out there. Um, number four, Jesse Custer from Preacher. Number three, Deadpool from Deadpool. Um, number two, Negan from The Walking Dead. And number one, The Punisher. The Punisher nice. is a very popular one tonight. I feel like I feel like this isn't the last mention we're going to get of The Punisher. Just Probably. putting that out there. Probably yeah. not. I, um, do, I do like The Punisher, although ironically, I never watched the season two of The Punisher on the Netflix series. Once Netflix announced that they were discontinuing all their Marvel shows, I kind of lost interest in anything new that was coming out because I'm like, there's no way the story's going to get wrapped up because they didn't find out about the cancellation until after they shot everything. So Yeah, that, that kind of was a buzzkill on like, the, the, the hype around that. The second season of The Punisher and the third season of Jessica Jones, I don't think I ever watched those because I was like, what's the point? I didn't watch either. I didn't get around to either season of Punisher, and I was kind of done with Jessica Jones after the second season. So, <laughs> um, it's so yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I feel like I, there was a lot of potential there, especially with Daredevil and Luke Cage. But man, yeah, Luke Cage was. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but like huge cliffhanger there. Um, mm. Daredevil actually, I think, wrapped up pretty neatly with season three. Um, I still want more, right, but I still wanted more. Uh, yeah, we Daredevil all, we... season three is probably my favorite, like season of superhero television. I, I that's a show that like I, I need to go back and watch. I need to go back and watch it from the from the get go. That series is so I got great. To go, I got to go watch season one again. Like I think season one of Daredevil was when I realized that Netflix television was going to be a game changer. Mm. This, this was before Disney Plus was announced, but for a while there, the stuff that I was seeing, like on Netflix's Daredevil, was stuff that I had never seen anywhere else before. Heck yeah. The, yeah. the, the action, the violence, the storytelling, everything just seems so well blended and cohesive in there. And that episode where uh, the Kingpin takes one of the Russian mobsters and, like, basically cuts his head off on the car door. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, I was like, "Holy crap! I've never seen anything like this. This is amazing." Yep. Uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, you are a fantastic actor, and not I... not an anti-hero. I don't think he's a straight-up villain. <laughs> he, yeah, he he is a villain, yes, but he's also a tragic villain, which is mm -hmm. which is a different type of character because you end up sympathizing and empathizing with him a little bit yeah when you see that episode with the painting mm -hmm. yep the, the episode with the painting and just the the flashback sequence with his dad yep yep my jaw was on the floor when i saw that episode i was like, like whoa dude, dude i'm telling you i mean that that's we need 
we need Wilson Fisk as, uh, you know, uh, in Spider-Man 3 as mm-hmm. the villain. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. I would. I'll be very down for that. I need I need Wilson Fisk back, and I, honestly, Charlie Cox is Daredevil. I'd be yes, fine. bring him in because yes, like that whole that that theory that everybody has that like Charlie Cox could be Peter Parker's lawyer defending him. I love that. That oh, would be so amazing. I love that idea, and I, I I feel like if we waited long enough for the Spider-Man sequel, we could wait for Netflix's hold on those contracts to release. Yes. And then their first appearances would be in the Spider-Man sequel. I think Marvel and Feige and all those guys would be fools not to bring those back and Uh, bring them all back. Like just, just reboot them. If you have to maybe put them in new continuity, but take those characters and just put them in the MCU proper. You need those. You need them. It's got to be. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. You probably don't need. You could. You could probably do. Here's the problem. I don't see Disney Plus doing anything TVMA. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. So. They they just added. Uh, they just did uh, uh, X Men uh, Days of Future Past, and they left the F bomb in. Yeah. True. Um, also, like we don't know how violent that uh you know some of their disney uh their marvel shows would be like falcon the winter soldier i think has the potential to be more adultish than than some of their yes, movies but i don't see it going beyond tv 14 yeah maybe you're I right know. i don't is know anything, we could shock us but is there anything in i feel like it's not i feel like there's not too much in daredevil that's really really intense like you have oh. That a lot, it, a lot of it is the gore and the cussing. But I mean, in, I want to see in other in other series like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. There's like straight up sex scenes in it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like, that that would have to scale that back. But like I'm thinking of like compare Wilson Fisk taking that guy's head off in a car door. Compare that to the Mandalorian cutting that uh, Quarren in half in the first episode of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. It, all you hear is the slicing noise. On Daredevil, you see like the blood dripping off of the side of the car door. True. Yeah, I think I think the blood is the base thing because like there's a lot of times where also, like also, he's really bloody. The guy that Daredevil catches up to who decides to yep. impale himself on the spike rather That's than exactly you know, what I was thinking. Like you watch the spike go through that guy's head. Yeah, like, it was shocking. Oh my god! I feel I feel like Disney Plus just put ratings on it like if you want to put restrictions like they need to cater to that audience like they know they had something great there and i'm not saying that the gore made it great but like it was the fact that they weren't they were they weren't holding back they were willing to tell the story and do it in a way that was shocking that was real i think was made that show special um, and all those shows special, like yeah, so. I'm totally, you know, bring that stuff back, please. Mm-hmm. Um, also, side note: Have you guys ever seen the photos of Charlie Cox and Tom Hiddleston? But Charlie Cox is dressed as Loki, and Tom Hiddleston is Daredevil. Yep, yep. I've seen those. They like swapped. <laughs> that is amazing. Pretty no, I but I'm looking them up now. And just. Just Google Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Cox. Apparently they're buddies or something because I see a bunch of pictures of them together. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, bring those guys back. Loki, yeah. Loki, Daredevil team up movie, please. <laughs> oh, put Daredevil in the Loki series. That yeah. Was... Maybe cool. Loki needs a lawyer. <laughs> 
Episode one, Loki's lawyer. <laughs> oh my gosh, these photos are hilarious. I'm yeah, they're great. You. Charlie Cox with a with a with a beard <laughs> in the Loki <laughs> costume. He, mm-hmm. he almost he almost looks like a hippie at a costume party. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The, um, the hair though. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Oh, oh wow. they did like they, they took a couple of pictures with some other characters like Captain America and, and Captain Marvel. And the Captain America dude straight up looks like what Chris would look like in a Captain America suit. Yeah. Christy. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's very true. <laughs> you, you see the picture I'm seeing? I think so. I think so. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is this is brilliant. This made my night, honestly, like. Not not to not to disparage anything you guys have done tonight, but oh my gosh, this is just This is the best thing. This is the best part of my night. Like We right just here. peaked. We just peaked. Alright. Well it's all downhill from here, but we do have more lists to get to. Yeah. Sorry, just one ghost. I know you're a loyal <laughs> listener, but uh we peaked right before <laughs> we got to your list. We're we're coasting now. We'll put it that way. We're coasting. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that photo great? Yeah. <laughs> Like even even the spandex looks like. Okay, sorry, I'm not. I'm There's just something disconcerting about Captain America with like a jet black beard. I don't know what it is. But... Yes, yeah, very true. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's just really weird. Anyway, so just one ghost at just one ghost. As I said, loyal listener. Um, and he sends us a list pretty much every single time we do this. Um, he says number five, Danny Archer from Blood Diamond. Number four, Riddick. From Riddick, I assume. Um, number three, Harley Quinn. We haven't had a lot of mentions of Harley Quinn tonight, but I think she's a prime, prime suspect now after she got her own movie, and it was a good movie. And, uh, well, shut up. Um, number two, Kong from, you know, Kong. He's he's the tragic hero. And uh, number one, Godzilla. So we got two beasts right off the top. Two, yep. two king, king of the monsters. Okay, so explain this to me. If they are just giant monsters that are wreaking havoc on cities and stuff like that, what what makes them antiheroes? Like I'm not I'm not I'm not judging the list. I'm just genuinely curious how you would justify these types of characters fitting into the antihero mold. Well, I think for Godzilla it's he or she, I'm not sure if Godzilla has been gen- gendered yet. So just it, gendered, it, Godzilla, um, is uh, a character that obviously shows up and everyone thinks is going to end the world. I think a lot of times it's the hero because there's bigger monsters that they has to take down. Um, and then Kong is just like, it's just the the kind of stereotypical misunderstood, you know, animal that gets abused and is a hero but then gets killed um so i mean i oh, guess it fits in that the whole thing. empire state building with the woman in his hand type of story right he was trying to save her okay yeah. i was thinking of like kong skull island and i'm like excuse me you went to his island and blew stuff up what did you think was going to happen yeah exactly you, mm-hmm. you go you go in his territory right you know? right Okay, on to uh, Andrew Lawson's list. Andrew's been a long-time listener, but uh, yeah. sends in lists when, I guess, they're, like, really, really good. <laughs> and this is no different. Also, also, 
let me just vent here for a second, Andrew. I like you a lot. You're you're a really good friend. But my top five is not in order, but he puts them one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he's numbered them. He's numbered What are you doing? Oh, what are you thinking? Not in order. Ben Ben has been triggered big time. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> He had to walk away from the mics so that it wouldn't max out the sound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, okay, continue with the list. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go in the list that's that's numerical. So I'm going to go with uh, Illidan uh, Stormridge from World of Warcraft at number five, because that's where number five is. Uh, Magneto from X-Men at number four. Boromir from Lord of the Rings at number three. I never considered him an anti-hero, but now that you've that blows it, my mind. That actually is pretty legit. Uh, Jamie Lannister from A Song of Ice and Fire, and then this one is kind of near and dear to me because um, I literally just finished this series like a little while ago. Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, that's Ooh. great. That's oh, great. Gosh. Zuko starts out as the villain in season one, and by the end of the show, he's a hero. His story arc literally does a full 180. Yeah. And it's brilliant to watch. Like, his story and and Aang's story and the way that they end up intertwining is just so fantastic. I I was not expecting that kind of development. I'm being honest. I was not expecting that kind of development for anybody when I went into it. But then I've watched how these people grow and change and how circumstances helps help them grow and change and become different people, better people than they were when the series started. And I'm just sitting here going, what kind of other show is able to bring us that kind of depth and that kind of growth in just three seasons? Right. It's it's amazing the kind of story that they're able to tell and that they told it in just three seasons. Like, that yeah. still boggles my mind. An entire story set in a 21, 22-minute TV show series gets an entire comprehensive, complete, deep storyline told in, what, 60-something episodes? Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, it's... It's just it blows my mind, but fantastic series, great choice, good list, Andrew. Thank you. And uh, I can take Ian's list if that's all right. Um, no, it's not okay, Jake. We earn. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do it anyway. At uh, Ian is a Raylo on Twitter. Uh, number five, Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. Number four, Batman. Number three, Severus Snape. Snape. Snape, Severus Snape. Um, number two, Alaric Bimbi from Alaric Monster Hunter. I know no one will get this one, but he's from my dad's book and he's awesome. Cool. I want to read that. Uh, number one, Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Very Kylo good list. Ben, an anti-hero. Debate. Go. Um, I think the potential for 
anti-heroism and a better story there could have been uh, it was there but it wasn't quite to realize i feel like if they hadn't started kylo's story with him like watching a planet explode and him murdering a bunch of villagers <laughs> like there would be a more case to say yeah yeah he was a, he was you know he, he he's a good guy but he just had some you know he had some uh, faults. He had his ways of doing things weren't exactly the best. Um, so that's I. I personally would qualify him as an anti-hero. But, but there is that gray area of like you have hero, you have villains that turn into heroes, or heroes that turn into villains. Yeah. And how does that? How do you work that out? I think a lot of people do interpret that as anti-hero. And I'm, you know, I don't want to say that they're wrong because yeah, you know, definitely. It is, because I think anti-heroes are kind of like, they're ambiguous. Yeah. They can well, go either way. I, I'm not saying he's not an anti-hero for sure. I think he is, but I think that the, the transition, it wasn't, it, it wasn't quite as gradual as the Zuko storyline from Avatar. And I, I don't know that, that one was just done much more gracefully, I think. And this one was just kind of like evil, 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 evil. And then right at the end is like, ah, I guess I'm good. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's uh, that's <laughs> okay, but Avatar had a few more hours of storyline to be able to work with than Star Wars did. I guess. Like they had, they had a little more time. Ironically, they had more time to flesh out Zuko's character than Star Wars did for Ben's character. Yeah. TV uh, shows do have an advantage. You still, I mean, in my opinion, you still could have done something that was a little more like, okay, uh, Force Awakens, he's evil, and then Last Jedi, maybe he's dealing with some emotions it starts off evil but by the end he's more leaning toward the good side and in the last one he's like fully on the team or something yeah that's the i mean that's the problem with i guess that's the problem with his overall character arc even though i love what they do with him in force Awakens and last jedi yeah it's the fact that he it's not a gradual like oh he's getting better it's force awakens he's really bad and then he doubles down on it and says i'm gonna kill my father and i'm gonna be evil and then in Last Jedi, like, is he or isn't he? And then at the tail end, he's like, no, 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 I'm doubling down on it again. I'm going to, you know, go away from that, and I'm going to be a bad guy still. And yeah. so by the time you get to Rise of Skywalker, it's like, okay, he's had, like, ten chances to turn good, and he hasn't. Right. And he's still bad. And he's still really, really bad. Um, but and, and you get that tail end, which, I, you know, I love Kylo's character. I, I do like his arc, but it's 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 tricky. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like you were talking about, there's there's this this moment of truth type of thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to reject the bad and, and become good, and it's like from one to the other. But then there are some people that feel like they're doing good things, but they're living outside of the law, like Batman or the Punisher, you know? Yeah. Like like they're they're trying to, to do the right thing or the thing that they think is the right thing by you know, getting justice or, you know, saving the city through ways outside of traditional policing or, or whatever. Um, but do they count more as anti-heroes or is there another demographic for vigilantes or something like See, that? You I know? feel like mm. if, if we're talking in context of Star Wars, I would almost rate Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader being an anti-hero before I would say Kylo Ren is. Yeah. Anakin starts out with kind of an altruistic goal of I'm going to save my wife and children, mm -hmm. but it's still, he's still doing it for a very selfish reason. But he does a lot of horrible things for a 
thing that he's telling himself is a good thing. It's a it's and, a good bad good journey. Right. And so but we don't get what that with Kylo. And that's all down to like limited time and you're introduced to him as a villain and you don't know why he fell exactly and all this stuff. Yeah. So you're not getting well, as much information whereas Anakin his story is so fleshed out you can kind of see where he goes. Right. And you have to kind of read the comics for Kylo, like for beforehand, because, you know, he's good beforehand, more or less, you know, before Snoke gets at him. So he, he does have a pretty similar journey to Anakin, but you don't get to see as much of it for sure. We don't we don't know that he doesn't have that linchpin reason of this is why I went to the dark side. Yeah, and true. it's more or less about like, you know, his parents didn't love him enough or whatever, like all so many different reasons. <laughs> And they're kind of inferred because it's not in the movies and it's in the comics. And I haven't read the comics, so you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of tricky. Um, but you know what? I respect, I respect his selection, even if I do disagree with it slightly. I mean, that, that's the thing is there are some lists on here that I'm like, well, I don't know about this one. Or, well, I don't know about this one. But I'm also sitting here going, I almost put Shrek in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> That's Who am I to judge? Interesting. But, but, I mean, honestly, look at Shrek from the original Shrek movie. He was never doing anything as a way of trying to save the day or save the village people. He just wanted to get back to his swamp. But yeah, he ended right. up doing heroic things anyway because circumstances called for it. Right. He was right. never He was never trying to be the hero. He was just trying to get back to his land. Which reminds me, I found a Shrek meme not too long ago that I want to send you guys. It made me laugh because it was one in the morning and I was bored and I was scrolling through this meme page that you shared with us, Ben. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is... <laughs> so, there's there's my new favorite Shrek meme right now. What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> Mine swamp. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, okay. I got to explain this one because this is not good podcasting. So it's it's Shrek, but he's got Hitler hair and a Hitler mustache. And it says, Mine swamp, M-E-I-N, Mine swamp. He, he's probably and... trying to bring on the Turd Reich. Oh God! Come on, that was a good. All right, guys. I we, did we not just... see that coming. <laughs> he's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a Nazi now. You heard it here first. Oh man, I I need to I need to go back through the Shrek series because I I just recently watched the first one uh, for like the first time in a few years with my brother and my parents. And we remembered the Shrek uh, trailer from watching other DreamWorks films like Chicken Run. And so there were a lot of lot of sequences where we're like, oh, yeah, that's from the trailer. Oh, yeah, that's from the trailer. But then there's other parts where Shrek's like, well, I have to save my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody dropped what they were doing, looked up on their phones, and they're like, did he really just say that? <laughs> so I need to... I need I need to stay involved in that franchise a little bit more is the point because I need to see just how far it spins out because I, I heard that it really really deteriorates but I have a hard time believing that because the first couple of movies were top notch comedy I enjoyed yeah them. those are the only good ones those really pursue that's it yeah I just no no uh, not for me unfortunate uh, <sighs> oh well 
Okay, I think that's all the list that we've got for right now, but uh, definitely not, uh, definitely not the last lists to be read off. We've still got some more stuff to talk about, mainly our lists. Just Ooh, on the, yeah, just on the other side of our commercial break. So we're gonna say hi to our friends and, and partners, and then we'll come back and read you our top five anti-hero lists when the IPC podcast continues. This is IPC. IPC listeners, this is Joey Mays, intergalactic patron and promoter of my family business, Mays Sandwich Shop. We are proud to be supporting IPC and the endeavors of young, talented individuals like Zach, Ben, and Jake. Should you ever find yourself in the area of Reading, Pennsylvania, be sure to stop by Mays Sandwich Shop. Started by my grandfather in 1947, currently owned by my father and operated by my sister and me, May's Sandwich Shop has been serving delicious food to the greater Westlawn area for over 70 years. If you ever do visit, be sure to tell them IPC sent you. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get And they say it gets colder You're bundled up now, wait till you get older But the media men beg to differ Judging by the hole in the satellite picture The ice we skate is getting pretty thin The water's getting warm so you might as well swim My world's on fire, how about yours? That's the way I like it and I'll never get bored Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid All right, guys, welcome back. We've still got a bit more of the IPC podcast to cover before we can call it a night. We've got, most importantly, our list. You know, the, the hosts get to share their list, too, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that pretty shortly. We're uh, still haggling over what to do because some of us, maybe including me, um, haven't quite figured them out yet. So yeah, we're going to give them a few extra minutes to get this done. But in the meantime, I want to tell you about our patron program. Patron.podbean.com slash IPC podcast is where you can sign up and get bonus stuff for the show and help support the show and keep the lights on. 
So, of course, we want to thank some of our patrons. They include Mr. Joey Mays, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, Carrie Fleming, and a newcomer, Ryan H1152. Um, Ryan, reach out to us and, and give us your full name if you would like to be properly thanked on the show because uh, you're helping to make the show possible. So we want to thank you properly. So definitely reach out to us and thank you for joining us. And thank you for contributing and coming aboard. And as I said, patron.podbean.com slash podcast. All right. So here we go, guys. This is it. You, you've had enough time. All right. Pencils down. But this is this is it. We're, we're doing this. Wow. Right? You actually have a pencil. Nerd. Yeah. That's my prop. My pencil. I, I don't I don't have a I don't have a pencil. Sorry, don't have a pencil. Anyway, I'll start. If no one else is ready, I'll start. I, I will take the brunt of this to get this going. But we got to get this out to the people because they're waiting and they've been patient for a while now. So who's starting? Is it me? Go for it, man. Here's the thing. Do we have honorable mentions? I have a few that I racked up over the course have, of reading other people's I have one. I, I try to do one honorable mention and then 5.321, but I'm not going to hold you guys to that. Okay, so my honorable mentions are The Punisher, Wolverine, and Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Okay, nice. well, if he's doing three, then I'm going to do three, damn it. <laughs> well, I've got a few more than three, not many more than three, but uh, mine are Deadpool, Punisher, Rorschach, and the comedian, both from uh, Watchmen, Sherlock, uh, specifically thinking Sherlock from Sherlock, so Sherlock. Lots of lots of time saying Sherlock, uh, and Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Nice, mm. nice. Mm-mm. Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw Shrek in there for the reasons I said prior. I think <laughs> I think Shrek is actually an antihero. I'm going to put that out there. I'm gonna, that's going to be that's going to be <laughs> my my hot take for the night. I think. I think he is, and I think Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones is an anti-hero. And my other honorable mention is going to be Catwoman. Nice. Uh, nobody's mentioned Catwoman so far, but I, I think she did a lot, not just for the concept of anti-heroes, but just for uh, female comic characters in general. I think she was kind of bre- groundbreaking as far as the sense that you don't necessarily have to be completely good like Supergirl or you don't have to be completely evil. You can just be your own person and uh, let let everybody else try and decide who you may or may not be. Yeah. Yeah. It's great choices. Great, great choices. All right. So uh, should I lead off on that number five? I can't remember who your other honorable mention was. I put The Punisher and Malcolm Reynolds. Who was the other one again? It was Wolverine. Wolverine, yes. Yeah. Remember I made the case for Wolverine being an anti-hero? Yes, I there do. You go. I agree with that. There I you go. All right, so my number five is one that just got to be on my list, and it's after we actually talked about him, and I'm like, oh, that's a really good choice. He needs to be on my list, and he beat out the other ones that were on there. Um, Loki. Loki. Is one that I love. I love his journey throughout all the films. I love these getting his own TV series, which I hopefully one day we will see. Um, and you know, Tom Hiddleston, he's amazing, and his whole journey throughout all the films, being I mean the first big bad of the MCU 
and the one that faces off against the Avengers pretty much becomes a hero. I mean, he's the first person to try to kill Thanos in Infinity War. Like, he's a badass and basically sacrifices himself. Like, I love his whole character arc and, you know, the the camaraderie between him and Thor is brilliant. And, you know, what they did with him, I think, what Taika Waititi did with him in, in Ragnarok was fantastic. And I really, I hope they find a way to squeeze him into Thor 4 4 Thor love, Thor love and thunder. I'm just calling it Thor four because it sounds good. Um, but uh, I, I know he's dead, but technically he's not. He's in an alternate universe, so you know I, I would love it if they found a way to bring him back. But yeah, Loki is my number five. Very good. Um, you know what? You can go ahead and put Loki in my honorable mentions because I that's too good not to have. Um, and if I'd thought about it beforehand, it'd probably be on my list as well, but, uh, alas, um, stealing, stealing my selections. I mean, you just, you chose a good one there. Um, so my number five, if it is my turn, um, I guess it is. Oh yeah. I guess we, did we not talk about it? I'm sorry. This is awkward. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, <laughs> my number five, uh, don't get a lot of mentions of this, but uh, Dragon Ball Z is one of my favorite shows from my childhood. I read all of the manga. And uh, Vegeta is a character with a weird sounding name from that series who is most definitely an antihero. He starts off kind of evil. And uh, he is against Goku, who is the main character. Uh, And, uh, you know, he ends up kind of losing, but keeping that rivalry between himself and Goku. And Vegeta kind of goes from that villain in the first season to uh, more of a more of a venom type character where he, he could be good or evil depending on who he wants to align himself with until toward the end of the series. He's just kind of full on good and uh, is married to one of the uh, girls. Who's one of the main protagonists Bulma and they end up having kids and um, yeah, it's an interesting evolution for sure. Um, no pun intended, because there's a movie called Dragon Ball Evolution, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Vegeta is one of those really cool anti-hero type characters from uh, anime that I've always really loved. So yeah. Did I spell it correctly in the notes, Jake? I feel like I did. Uh, oh, it's uh, replaced the eyes with E's. So it's Vegeta. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, look at well, that. Then. Even even autocorrect, autocorrected it for me. Apparently this is a proper name. That's so weird. There you go. <laughs> All right, on to my number five. Then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be going back to Game of Thrones, and I'm going back to House Lannister. Uh, Tyrion, the Half Man, is uh-huh. my number five selection. Partially because I I I see him with a moral compass by the end of the series, but I don't see him with as much of one at the at the first part of the series. Um, I just really love his evolution because he becomes the hand of the royalty, which is like the right hand person. He becomes the hand of the king, hand of the queen, hand of the king again, three different times over the course of the series. And each time it's for different reasons. And it's because he's in a different place in his life. And 
sometimes he has to make a lot of really backstabby, under-the-table type of moves in order to stay in a position of power. And then other times he makes decisions that could end up getting him thrown in prison or get him beheaded or something like that just so that he can try and do what he believes to be the right thing. I don't necessarily see him as a heroic character. I don't necessarily see him as a villain character. He kind of, like, toes that line back and forth in order to try and play the game and play the game effectively. And he plays it about as well as anybody because he survives the entire series, which is not something you can say about a lot of characters from that show. So Mm. um, I just, I feel like... The, the person that he was is not the person that he ends up, which is a testament to his character arc. But I also feel like there's a lot of gray area in his character as well, which is fun to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I drink and I know things. Mm-hmm. See? See? I don't even watch Game of Thrones and I know that reference. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good line. It's not his best line, but it's one that gets printed on t-shirts the most. Peter Dinklage is just great. And shot glasses. Okay, but he wasn't always great. Has everybody already forgotten him as Professor Bar Sinister on Underdog? (laughs) Hey, I mean, they always, they all have bad apples, bad rolls. You can't can't judge him for that. That's as as Robert Downey Jr. on the Shaggy Dog. Oh, my goodness. That's... The the first time I ever saw um, him was on... Uh, Elf, remember he's the uh... yes. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, Finch, the writer. Yeah, yeah, the kid's book writer. The one <laughs> who, <laughs> one who's got like five houses and each one with a sixty-inch plasma screen, which is now. <laughs> yep. People have sixty-five, seventy-five inches in their living rooms now. It's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. But in two thousand three, apparently that was a big deal. Yeah. Very 2003 reference. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving on to my number four, one of the newest, if not the newest character on my list, and one that uh, not many people, if anyone, actually mentioned on tonight, um, not that I'm aware of, but a character that I have instantly fallen in love with and a character that I think is very layered and just... I think the whole presentation of him has been really, really interesting. I mean, and it helps to be just one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I mean, it's a kind of a given. It's a Star Wars show. So, you know, bite me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about Mr. Din Djarin, the Mandalorian in oh, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Nice. And, I, and I qualify him as an antihero because he really, I feel like he, he is, he embodies that idea of, you don't know what he's really doing at the beginning. You know, you know he goes in there, you don't know his motivations, and he slowly starts to peel back. And that little baby Yoda just melts his little heart over the course of that show. But he's still a guy that has, you know, has done a lot of stuff, obviously done a lot of messed up stuff, is a bounty hunter, which you know, in and of itself is kind of a, a bad guy job, but is a guy that's trying to do good and ultimately has a good heart. And I think that's the ultimate thing with a good anti-hero is that someone who is probably had a bad past, who probably had a messed up childhood, lost their parents, whatever, and has you know resorted to doing really bad things for for maybe even some not even some good th- reasons, but still has a heart of gold, still is trying to do their best, 
and comes back around and and makes it and has really good character arc. I think Din Djarin is that is that he has those several things about him hating droids and he comes back around and he almost starts crying when the IG Eleven thing, just like with the rest of us. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's such a great little thing. And season one, I think, is brilliant in just showcasing his just turn from being this kind of cold, you know, I'll bring you in warm, I'll bring you in cold, like that literally cold killer to someone who is willing to lay their life down for, you know, everything um, and is protecting this kid at all costs. So Din Djarin is a great anti-hero, and I can't wait to see where he goes next in the future. I'm just glad that we're actually getting Mando Season 2 on time. Like, that's the one bright spot I'm having to this fall. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jacob, you're up. All right. My number four is Severus Snape from Harry Ah. Potter. I'm glad Um, glad he got mentioned on at least one of these lists. I really, really, really wanted to put him, like, on my list, but spoiler alert, he's not there. My problem is, while he definitely qualifies as, like, a quintessential anti-hero, I just don't have as deep of a connection to the Harry Potter franchise as other people do. I never read the books as a kid, and, like, my first time going through the entire franchise was when we reviewed it on this podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first time I went through it was when I was, like... 15 or something like that 14 or 15 i i would read a book and watch a movie read a book watch a movie and i thought that was a really good way to do it and uh i think that was kind of like the perfect age too to get into harry potter and i was really impressed with the character of snape and how jk rowling wrote snape and how you like from the very beginning of the story you just aren't sure about snape you would like i would even go as far as to say he would be like a secondary uh, villain and protagonist in some of the books. And it, it, when you really think about it though, he, he really wasn't, he, he came across that way. Sure. And, and Harry and his friends had good reason to be wary of him and just the way he treated Harry and some of the, the kids and just his demeanor and personality was very, kind of villainous and uh uh just a guy you don't want to mess with you know and then it turns out in the end you know spoiler alert he he actually is trying to protect harry the whole time and he's he has this immense amount of respect for dumbledore and um and ends up dying for a very good cause and a good reason and um he uh he loved Harry's mother and, and that's kind of been the source of some of his, uh, his, I don't know, his personality and his, his just negativity and, and, uh, his, yeah, just all of these different things contribute to a very complex character that, you know, you're never quite sure of until the very end, how, how his character truly is. And, uh, yeah, it's just a very interesting character, and that's why he is on my list. That's fair. Like, yeah. I, I think complex is definitely a word that I would have chosen as well. Yeah. Yeah, a, a character that it, it, he's a unique that he is doing bad things. Like, he knows they're bad, like, intentionally, and mm. is taking the fall for so much for all the right reasons. Right. Yes. Absolutely. He's a fascinating character. Okay. My number four then, I think. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Where am yeah. I? Yeah. Um, 
My number four is one that's been mentioned quite a lot. I don't know if there's a whole lot to add other than I feel like uh, John Bernthal just completely captured the essence of this character and played it so well, the Punisher. Uh, I I loved him in Daredevil. I loved that he got his own spinoff series. Uh, Him playing opposite Ben Barnes in the first season was just some of the best cat and mouse, give and take, push and pull type of storytelling that I had ever seen in a, a TV series. The action was super well choreographed. The backstory was like accessible enough for the common viewer to watch, but also from my understanding, very accurate with the comics so that it appealed to the fans as well. Like they just hit all the right notes with the, with the Punisher on both daredevil and his own series. And it really bums me out that he didn't get to like complete the story that was laid out for him because of issues between Disney and Netflix because I think it had the it had the most potential second only to Daredevil, as right. far as like being able to come up with a really really great story. And mm-hmm. I have watched the older uh, Punisher movie thanks to our friend Sean. Um, he he convinced me to watch it when we were doing the Phantom Fraternity podcast a couple of years back, and it was good. I, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as the the Punisher TV series, but it was still good. Uh, it reminded me of Die Hard in a lot of respects, but. Um, just overall, I like the Punisher's character. I like his reasonings. I like that he's kind of towing the line between what he believes is justice and what he believes is revenge. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of morality being questioned. There's a lot of gray area being addressed, and uh, I think it just is is a much more human storyline than a lot of others that we get and it makes you wonder what it would take for a common person to end up where where the punisher does it could happen to anybody punisher is i I love his story and and you're right he's very relatable Mm -hmm. and not not to sense that like oh i've had i felt like you know going out and 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 and, and gunning gunning down people yeah but but he's i mean let's face it there are real people in the world like the punisher you know and and there are people that you know have you know maybe have not gone and gunned down people but they are grief-stricken they are in a desperate place and he's someone who's just taken the law into his own hands Mm -hmm. and it's a point of view you can you know deep down it's wrong, but you still understand where he's coming from. You know that's that's the, that's the one thing about any great character is you can put yourself in their shoes and go, okay, yeah, dude, you need to chill. This is not the white way to do things, but I completely understand what you're going through and why you're doing what you're doing. And the Punisher is that. And you know, I also love like one of my favorite lines in, in Daredevil. Again, talking about that is him telling telling Daredevil. You're just one bad day away from being me. Yeah, like and, you know, yep. and, and and that's a commentary on like how much Daredevil looks down upon him as oh you're this killer, but Daredevil's got a lot of stuff in his background too that's made him you know kind of a loose cannon. That's so kind of turned him into who he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the very first episode of Daredevil, he's in the confessional, like apologizing in advance for the stuff that he's about to do. I'm like, what the heck, dude? That's not how it works. You're Catholic. You know this. Right. But like right. that's that's how that's how twisted and how far down he's sunk that he's like 
yeah, I know that I'm about to do bad things, and I'm just going to go ahead and ask for forgiveness now because I know that what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great character. Bring John Bernthal back in the MCU. Oh, my goodness. Yep, I'd be up for that. Put him, put him in like the, like one of the one of those subplots where he's helping out the Avengers during one of the crises. You know how sometimes the Avengers kind of split up to handle different parts of a crisis on different parts of the planet or the universe or whatever. Like make one of the crises happen in New York, and you know Daredevil and Spider Man and the Punisher all have to like team up to try and and help save uh, some part of of New York. Yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. I would love Just that. Any any acknowledgement from the movies would be fantastic. All right, so I believe I'm on to my number three now. Yes, yes sir. And so I feel like this one's a pretty popular choice. I almost feel predictable doing it, but I, I couldn't leave this guy off my list. He's just up there as as characters go, but especially as antiheroes, someone that I absolutely love, fell in love with, you know, probably even before I saw the movies because this guy has been memed a thousand times over and uh, you know what I'm talking about Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. He's just amazing. That character is fantastic. And um, you know, I understand that the the Pirates franchise kind of overstayed its welcome, and maybe even the character of Jack Sparrow overstayed his welcome. And they're they're rebooting it now, and yeah, I think they got Margot Robbie back to kind of play that 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 role in the new films. But there'll never be another Jack Sparrow. There will never be another character quite like that. And him, you know, being that just wisecracking, you never know what he's going to say, you never know what he's going to do. He's always, you know, he could uh, be uh, ha- have a knife in your back or, or helping you um, in any given moment. And he's, he's the quintessential just, you know, anti-hero, you never know what he's going to do or or he's going to be a good guy or bad guy one second or the next. So Jack Sparrow is my number three. I I, I love the conversation that he has with Elizabeth where she's like, you're going to have a moment where you have to decide what you're going to do. And he's like, I love those moments. I love to wave at them as they go by. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's just, he's an (laughs) a-hole pretty much (laughs) and he knows it he like embraces like yeah i'm a bad guy you know just the way it is yep Yep. very true love it um my number three to speed things along here is uh is also captain jack sparrow Uh aha and and i literally can't add anything to what ben already said because he pretty much described him exactly as i was going to uh, more or less and yeah just uh, a character full of full of like he's definitely he looks out for himself first and is kind of willing to do whatever you know he'll stab me in the back like ben said he'll he'll help you you know as long as it's for his own interests and then sometimes on the side we do see that heart shine through and see that he actually is a really you know decent human being um and uh yeah there's nobody like jack sparrow he is he's always been one of my faves for sure so good ah my 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 problem is i had a hard time pegging him as an anti-hero because by the end of the series basically everything that he's doing is for heroic purposes yeah i would say he starts off more he definitely definitely starts as a rogue especially 
when he like hears Will Turner's name and realizes he has a chance to get the pearl back. But then once he's got the pearl back, it's like he becomes a, a bit of a different character. Yeah. Not necessarily completely good, but way less roguelike once he gets back the object of his affection. So yeah. I don't know. It, it's one of the it's one of those gray areas where I'm like, yeah, he's the hero of this story because everybody's obsessed with him. Everybody loves him. Everybody memes him, you know, all those things. And so he, he didn't make it onto my list, unfortunately, because I just I have him in this other category, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the guy who did fall into my number three is one that got listed a lot, is one that gets memed a lot. And I did fall in love with him in the movies, but I, I, I loved a lot of the comic uh, screenshots and some of the memes that have been made afterwards and that sort of thing. This guy basically redefined comic book movies for me. This, this, this character took comics and took heroism and took comedy and took basically everything and turned it all on its head into something completely different and completely amazing and uh, it's just it's it's so much fun to to watch all of the zany nature must much like uh, Steven Schindler pointed out earlier. My number three is Deadpool. Like nice. uh, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds just perfectly encapsulates that character to me and like everything about those movies, uh, even the PG-13 version. I, I love them to death. And it, it's it's something that's just completely original, completely different, and like Stephen said, it's an all around good time. And uh, I I really enjoy having that all around good time when I need a laugh, when I need a pick me up, when I need something that's a little bit jarring, a little bit different. I usually end up watching a Deadpool film. I'm honestly surprised we didn't get more Deadpool submissions because that people love Deadpool. Oh yeah, and that mm-hmm. character is so beloved. And even before the movie, like, Deadpool was just everywhere. Like, just people love that character. And he's so different. And he's a ripoff character. He's ripping off a Slave Wilson. Like, he's a blatant ripoff character. And he's just so great. And, you know, from the, the wisecracks to the, you know, the breaking the fourth wall, you, you can't not love Deadpool. Yeah. All right. So, is it up to my number two? Yes, sir. <laughs> You know, I shouldn't have said that. I knew. Ooh, I mean, funny. I knew. I knew Mondo wasn't here, but I still can't trust that guy. From <laughs> that guy. I'm not even going to say things. that. I'm going to say second to last. Yeah, second. My second one. My favorite one is penultimate. Penultimate. There that's, you that's go. a better. That's a better one. That's a better one. So my number two. See, I said it again. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, is one that no one else said tonight that I am aware of. And one that I just thought of, that I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to include this guy in here. And it's it's a show that I consider to be one of the best TV shows of all time, even though I am not as caught up with it as I, as I want to be. I need to go back after it's finished and actually binge all the way through what I've missed. But this character defines why The 100 is one of the best shows on TV. Oh... Bellamy Blake is an insanely oh. well-written character, oh. and the way I don't—I really—I don't want to screw anyone who hasn't seen it. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Oh. Because... Blah, blah 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 blah. What? Oh no! I'm just backing. I, I'm taking my <laughs> headphones off for a second because I'm actually planning on watching the hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm—I am not going to spoil it for anyone. Oh, but. Okay. <laughs> 
Bellamy, this is slight spoiler. He starts out as a villain. He start he he is introduced as an antagonist. Why did you to, tell me that? No, I'm just kidding. <sighs> he's in, he's introduced as an antagonist, and he throughout the entire show continues to flip flop back and forth between a hero and a villain. And he is all doing, I think, from very good reasons. He does a lot of really, really bad things. But they're all done from a point of view that is trying to do good. And just the way he does it and how he has relationships with certain characters and then turns enemies on those characters and and flip-flops and his journey throughout all this and the mistakes he makes and the, the heroic moments he has just defines that show I think he's one of the most interesting characters and he's one of the characters that you that you hate when you meet him then you grow to love him then you grow to hate him again and that's the kind of characters that I love the characters that you you never know where they're going to be I think he defines anti-hero he defines the, the that phrase as someone who has good intentions is a maybe a good-hearted person but makes a lot of really bad mistakes and does a lot of really bad things to get what he wants and, and what he thinks is to do the right thing. Yeah. So he, I couldn't go without mentioning him because you know, Billy Lake is, is amazing. When, when, you, when, you, when you mentioned the 100, I, I figured there were like two possibilities, maybe three. I think Jaha... Because there's a lot of anti-heroes in that show. I think, I think Jaha could qualify as an anti-hero. I agree. And this this is this this may be a little bit of a hot take considering it's like the star, but I feel like Clark probably qualifies more as an antihero than Bellamy does. Even Clark goes through hell. She does, and she she I think she's more altruistic than Bellamy, but she still does. Again, no spoilers, but she does some messed up stuff, and it's in service of trying to do good, trying Jake. to help her people. Jake, take your headphones off for like 10 seconds. All right. Count count to 10 and then come back. All right. She literally commits genocide. Yeah, yeah, she does. She straight up kills people for other people like on a regular basis. And then like we still see her as a hero because we empathize with her, but like it gets to the point where people on the show see her as a villain because of her actions. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the whole thing with just that moment defines her character from then on out. Oh, like, absolutely. Know, is it it's safe? It's, it's, it's safe. You oh. can come back now. You're good. You're good. Just don't listen to that segment when you go back and listen to the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, if, I started watching The 100 like a couple of years ago. I mean, it was more than a couple of years ago, actually. But I watched probably the first two seasons and really liked it and i just need to go back and watch it again yeah like in in my opinion they tell a better hunger games type story than the actual hunger games does yeah that's definitely the vibe i got from it and i was like this is better hunger games for sure no no no. there's like a literal like like a a literal battle royale that happens later on in the season. oh really yeah yeah it's like literal hunger games but told in a better way than the hunger games tells it nice nice (laughs) Just yeah. pretty crazy. Okay, Jake, your second favorite. Uh, okay. my second to last Whatever favorite. <laughs> my not number two. Um, it, it. Oh, ah. dang it. Uh, 
I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you guys seen that? I know of it. I have not watched it, unfortunately. It, it is. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's like top ten favorite movies, and it is. It follows this guy named Lou Bloom, uh, who is my number two, by the way, my second to last. Darn it. Uh, follows this guy named Lou Bloom, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a. Uh, he's just kind of a down on his luck, trying to pay the bills kind of guy and he you you notice something is very off about him in the very beginning of the movie and i'm not going to give away anything but he's he's a he's a strange dude and uh he ends up being what they call a night crawler which is somebody who uh basically listens to their police scanner or whatever rushes to the scene of a crime right as it has taken place uh minutes after basically before the cops can get there and takes video footage of what has happened, whatever has happened, whether it be a car crash or a a robbery or this or that. And he, he basically gets this footage that he sells to news stations and news stations pay him top dollar for having the best footage and, you know, that they can show on their news network and all this stuff. And it is quite the story about how he kind of works his way up from just having this little camcorder that he bought and figuring out, uh, you know, what, what things he can do to the scenes of the crime to make it look worse than it actually was. So he gets paid more money for him and a lot of different stuff goes down that are, is very interesting. It's definitely one of my favorite movies, but yeah, the character of Lou Bloom is I don't know if he's a sociopath or psychopath or what, but there's definitely something off about him and his personality and and what he's willing to do to further his own uh, interests, much much like, uh, um, you know, other antiheroes do where they they will put themselves before others. And in this case, you really get the sense that he is the only person in his world and he doesn't quite care about anybody else although he pretends to uh or acts like he does he kind of puts on that face and um uh yeah it's just a it, it was one of those characters where i when i looked up the definition of anti-hero i was like i think he definitely if i'm gonna count him he's gonna be way up there because he's one of those characters that really has stuck with me over the past few years and uh when I get thinking about him and thinking about the movie, it's one of those things where I just, I got to watch the movie. And uh, my brother-in-law actually gave me a, a f- Blu-ray. I can't remember if he had two copies or something like that. So he bought a copy and I think they accidentally sent him two copies and he sent me the other copies. So I'm, I'm looking at it on my shelf right now and I can't wait to watch it again. Cool. It's pretty cool. That's, that's great. I've always heard about Nightcrawler, but I've I've never seen it, and, and and your description like makes me more intrigued. It's it's worth checking out for sure, it, it, even just once, just to it, it's a different kind of movie, and once you see it, I don't think you'll forget it. That's great. Ah. All right, Zach, I think it's up to your number two. Is it? Is it? Is it my second? Yeah, probably. It's it's literally the the man who aims to misbehave, none other than Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Ha ha ha! Yes, nice. I freaking love Firefly. I love the episode where they basically set 
up a, a food swap with the woman who runs her own moon, and he knows that she's going to double cross him, so he tries to double cross her. Yeah, it was it was just brilliant, complex storytelling. Um, but then you have an episode like the train job, where his morality gets in the way of his job, and it's like, I, I, I. I feel like he's one of those complex characters that could be like yeah i'm gonna do the job and i'm gonna get paid because that's basically what he did with with uh the woman on the moon i forget her name why can't i remember her name it's like it's precious it's like precious or something like that like it, it's really it really doesn't fit her um let's but, just call her moon lady yeah moon lady is just so much more appropriate anyway <laughs> but then when he gets hired by the russian mobster he's like yeah i'm not going to be taking medicine from poor people and so yeah. like he he's one of those back and forth type of characters but then there are some jobs where he's like i swear by my pretty floral bonnet i will end you <laughs> and i i just i love that show i love that character he's like uh, okay, this is this is this is also going to be a little bit of a hot take, but I I feel like he is more grounded and established, and uh, even a little bit more loving and adventurous than Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like if Han Solo had a ship like that, then that might be who he could have ended up becoming. But mm -hmm. Han didn't fight in a war and mal did and it did a lot to him and his character and i right. don't know i just i feel like i feel like mal's a little bit more of a fleshed out character even even more than what we've gotten with han even though han got his own movie like there's there's just certain components about this particular renegade that makes me go i i really like malcolm reynolds and so yeah he's he's my second favorite anti-hero i don't necessarily see him as a hero but i don't necessarily see him as a villain he's kind of he's kind of in that middle of nowhere trying to find his way and try to do the right thing but sometimes he just can't yeah excellent excellent choice <sighs> all right steven Schindler made it back just in time to hear all of our number ones lucky him number one all right is it me is it me is it, is it my time yes sir all right, so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm playing fast and loose with the rules on this one, but when I was making my list, this was the first character that came to my mind. I'm like, that has to be number one. It just has to be. And he's a character. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. It's a Star Wars character. He's one from, I think, is one of the best shows of all time. We've talked about him many times on here, and... You know, he does have a pretty sizable role in a couple Star Wars TV shows and a theme park. So, you know, I'm saying that he is an anti-hero uh, that uh, uh, gets a lot of credit and uh, still one of my favorite Star Wars characters, one of my favorite characters overall. It's Hondo Onaka. When you, when you said theme park, I was like, I know who this is. You got it. <laughs> you got it. But Hondo is so great, man. He's so great. And the fact that you, you know, he's another character where you don't exactly know where he's going to be. In some Clone Wars episodes, he's the hero. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's a villain. Yeah. Like, he's that, out that to for blood. no longer profitable. 
Like, you, you take the youngling arc from season five, like, he starts out, like, he's like, oh, yeah, just kill the children and take their crystals and whatever. Like, he don't care. And then, you know, by the end of it, like, he's he's up, he's he's buddy-buddy with Katuni. Like, he she's, uh, you know, they're they're all friends. He and his ship, the Katuni. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Which is a stupid it's... name for a ship, but whatever. <laughs> it means something to him. Incoming, and... Captain. It's the Katuni. It's well, any kind of fear at all. <laughs> well, it is Hondo. It is Hondo. They, yeah. I don't think a lot of people take him seriously. So they they hear it's Hondo. They're like, oh yeah, it's Hondo. But Hondo is just a character that you know. I love his whole journey. I, even into Rebels, like he has a very like, you know, he becomes a hero. Like he's he's very attached to Ezra and ends up. Like, you know, oh, there's nothing for that boy I would not do. And he ends up, like, helping liberate Lothal in the end, becoming a rebel. So, like, I love his whole journey, and I especially love just his whole demeanor. And sometimes, you know, he shows up, and then you get to go to Galaxy's Edge. And that's just the weirdest thing, after being a Clone Wars fan for so long, feeling like that was so, like, like, niche to, like, like Hondo and feel like he's not that big of a character. And then you go to a theme park, he's literally, like, the starring character in that theme park. Yeah. Um, crazy. Crazy. Great animatronic. He is my number one! And animatronic Hondo Onaka was not something that I realized I needed in my life until I saw it and started taking selfies with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's incredibly realistic. Like the the little the little dangles that come off of his face like move when his when his animatronic moves. Like, those those animatronics are really good. They're yeah. like Disney paid top dollar, obviously. Yep. yep. All right, so we got Mr. Jake Damon Time with his one. number one up next. Number one, yep. Um so my number one should come as a surprise to no one whatsoever. Uh, knowing, you know, my favorite things in this life, one of them being Breaking Bad. Uh, my number one is none other than Walter White. Walter Hartwell White. Uh, he is, we, we're actually, what I was going to say at the beginning of the episode was that uh, my wife and I are about six episodes away from the very end of the show right now and Uh, things are wrapping up and it is getting intense and I am having flashbacks to when I first saw this finale back in 2013 and just how intense everything was and it was just leading up to what would be uh, one of the greatest finales in TV show history and Walter White's journey from beginning to end is one of a man who is just doing what he has to do, what he thinks he has to do to provide for his family. And it is a descent into criminality. It is a descent into uh, justifying actions and doing things that he never thought he would do. He never thought that he would have in him to do. And he transitions from this kind of kind of this meek, quiet, uh, uh, you know, nerdy uh, teacher into this crime lord, this drug lord. And it is it is all with the intention of providing for his family. And um, it's one of those cases where it's like are the wrong things for the right reasons, wrong things, or 
or not. You know, it makes you question all these things. And uh, he, he has this monologue at toward the end with his wife um, that he, he kind of clears up some of the things he has said before to justify his actions and, and says why he really did things. And, 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 uh, and it gives you a better look into his character and he, not to give anything away, but um, there's a line where, because all throughout the series, he he's going, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this because I love you guys. I'm doing this and that. And he, he starts to say, I I did this and Skylar, his wife goes, if you, if you say you did this for this family one more time. And he said, no, I did it for myself. I liked it. I was good at it. And that, that truth that came out is just kind of wraps it up perfectly. But yeah, from start to end, he's just what I think is the perfect anti-hero and it's the the protagonist of the series, but also the antagonist in a weird way. And he's he's the guy we focus on and he's a villain, you know, in a lot of senses. But he uh yeah, he's very complex like I was saying before with um with uh Snape and he he is my number one anti-hero. Excellent choice. Like, I kind of, not not to sound rude, but I kind of tuned stuff out when you said the best finale of TV show history. Uh-oh. I said one of. Yeah, but I'm still hella intrigued now. It is, it, I, it's one of those things where it's like, this show is so good, how could they possibly end it where I'll be satisfied? And they do it. And I'm like amazing like i my jaw was on the ground i i stood up i was clapping i was like you guys did it good job that and that's high praise because there's so many shows out there be like yep. oh i love that show but oh man the the, the finale yep. was crap seinfeld yep. is one of my favorite shows of all time it's it's so good almost start to end and the last episode is just kind of like what what was that and then uh yeah breaking bad that was that was a that was a time when I realized that the writer or the creator, Vince Gilligan and all the writers, they really had a vision start to finish. And you could tell that he knew what, you know, how this was going to start, how it was going to end. And it makes sense. And it's satisfying from a dramatic point of view and a storytelling point of view. And it's just, it's everything you want. So definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm, getting close to being in between shows if it wasn't for legend of Korra, i would definitely totally be in between shows um but breaking bad still on netflix isn't it it very much is i'm i'm sorely tempted to give it a shot now you should i heard it's moving to disney plus what (laughs) disney (laughs) plus is breaking bad don't know if i can see it if if Disney ever buys AMC, I'm gonna be done because like Walking Dead and Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy, they just they don't belong on Disney Plus. I'm sorry. <laughs> or maybe they do. Maybe they do. Mm, no, they don't. <laughs> I'll I'll also say that if I had thought about it, Saul Goodman, also from Breaking Bad, I would I probably would have put him on my list because he is just so good. But I mean, I guess. 
I guess one from Breaking Bad is fine. Yeah. Man, so much pressure now. Like your number one is probably better than my number one, if I'm being honest. Like <laughs> I think I think the other part of the problem is I have talked so much about this number one character kind of through osmosis. Not not ever having a direct conversation about this character or this movie, but uh just dropping mentions and reminding people that this movie exists and this character exists i had a really tough time coming up with my favorite anti-hero and there are some people that would probably contest that this isn't even an anti-hero but when i think about who they are and what they stand for what they represent how they fight for it and the fact that they literally give up their lives for this cause i i can't think of anybody not even somebody like deadpool or the punisher that is more committed to to their actions and to their beliefs more than the character V from V for Vendetta. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I should have seen that one coming. Should have just seen the that movie one. I pretended to not see. The one yeah, the one that you totally psyched <gasps> out on and I tried to convince you to watch it even though it was a favorite of yours. Yeah. <laughs> that but I mean, you look at the way that he carries himself. He's got a code of honor to him. And he's got a particular set of beliefs and circumstances that, that, that led to him becoming who he is. And then you see him trying to exact justice and, and bring about the downfall of a corrupt government. And he succeeds. Like, he actually achieves everything that he set himself out to do. But it came at the expense of his life. And he, he, he not only got the revenge slash justice that he was after but he also fell in love he also made a a heroic sacrifice he he sparked an idea that inspired countless people like he to me is like a a quintessential classic anti-hero because some people see him as a villain some people see him as a hero some people see him as like just a, a, a a vigilante or something like that. Like he doesn't right. necessarily fit any particular mold, and yet the movie is all about him, his life, his story, his arc, the things that happened to him in the past, how they shape his present, looking forward to what limited future he may have. There's just there's so much that encapsulates what he's about and what he does. And it's just it's a fantastic movie movie he's a fantastic character hugo weaving and natalie portman have absolutely amazing chemistry and yes and as much as i love him as the red skull as much as i love him in lord of the rings i think this may be one of hugo weaving's best roles be mm. because he just he plays that character so well you always kind of have an idea of how he's feeling based on posture based on the choice of words based on his actions so many other ways of communicating how you feel about the state of things and Hugo Weaving does it all in this film it's it's a great great movie and V is a, just a fantastic character and he is my favorite anti-hero I don't know why he didn't even cross my mind I should have put it on the list I honestly when you were talking about um like 
just finishing up watching something that's going to end up on your list and you didn't want to give anything away, I thought it's going to be V for V for Vendetta. Oh, man. It should have been. It should have been. You can just put it in my honorable mentions because that he's he's too good not to have in there somewhere. I think Steven actually tried to predict it earlier in the show. Oh, yeah. Here at the, here at the top of the show. He goes, I bet V is on Jake's list. Oh, it should have been. If, if we're allowed to put in honorable mentions well after we've actually said our honorable mentions, I want to add George Costanza, George Costanza to my honorable yeah. mentions. <laughs> because Steven Schindler's like in this chat going, well, pretty much the whole cast of Seinfeld are antiheroes. And I'm like, why didn't I think of that? She's not wrong. <laughs> I, it's It's true. I, I would have a hard time disputing that just based on what I've seen. I, I think Kramer's probably like even more of an anti-hero, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Well, dudes, this they're, is... They're all, they're all selfish angels. This is <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is true. Seinfeld could just be renamed Selfish Ales. <laughs> it really could, but there's a lot of shows that could have been rewritten like that. Friends probably could have been rewritten as Selfish Ales. <laughs> <laughs> And that's coming from a Friends fan. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's, uh, that's Unity, a great one, Zach. Unity could have been rewritten as selfish a-holes. <laughs> True. What a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> you just hire Peter Serafinowicz to just be in the background. Yeah. And just, yeah. just walk on screen and go, what a bunch of a-holes, and just walk off. <laughs> okay, has anybody seen The Tick? Yes. I love Peter Serafinowicz. In that. Oh my gosh. That show <laughs> makes me laugh every time. It's a great show. Fortunately, it was canceled, but all good shows, dude. Seems like yeah. It it was given a good chance. It was given a good run, and I thought it was very funny. You know, it's all right. It's always really tough when we do a top five to pick a quote of the night. But considering Captain Jack Sparrow made it onto two out of three lists, and considering he was mentioned several times throughout everybody else's lists. I think it's only fitting that we do a, a Captain Jack quote this week. Any suggestions, yeah. fellas? Oh. Why is the rum always gone? <laughs> that, okay, okay, that's a, that's actually a good thing. What if what about the scene on the island when Ooh, yeah. him and Elizabeth are stranded and Jack is losing his mind? Yes, oh, why, I love why that is idea. the rum gone? <laughs> I do love that scene. That's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole franchise. That, oh, same. That and basically everything on the cannibal island of the second movie. Yeah. And it's only there's only there's only one other line. It's one line in the in the action sequence when they're battling. Probably my favorite movie line of all time is uh, Jack Sparrow. You know when the, a cannonball comes through and he goes, "Stop blowing holes in my ship." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've actually made memes about that before. <laughs> um, I think I think I made one right before Rise of Skywalker came out, and the top caption was when people say Raylo isn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, and then I captured, perfect. and then I captured it with Jack going, "Stop blowing holes in my ship." <laughs> <laughs> that movie, man, I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a very appropriate quote considering all the attention that Captain Jack and just captains in general Captain Hondo Onaka was the top of your list yeah pirates pirates kind of kind of a the quintessential anti-heroes so uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna shut up now and let you guys have a listen to tonight's quote of the night no 
be no living with her after this well it's it's kind of ironic that we're talking about rum on the court of the night because i feel like rum would be a good pairing with a couple of different pieces of meat from our next segment mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about alcohol pairings with this food at some point on the show i don't think we've ever done that before maybe i need to bring in somebody who actually drinks alcohol to be able to contribute to that conversation though hmm <laughs> wonder, wonder, um... A little indignant <laughs> snort there from the wine totaler. That Excuse gets... me? <laughs> Dude, if you get wasted on box wine, you don't drink alcohol. You're just a little bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, I drink root beer. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's got the word beer in it. <laughs> I put the beer back in root beer. <laughs> I feel really weird when I drink too much of it. <laughs> That's called just... stomachache. <laughs> Apparently there's a non-alcoholic beer called Near Beer, mm. and I'm like, why would you drink non-alcoholic beer? <laughs> Hold on, I'm well, looking. Okay, up. Heineken has something like that too, where it's a it's a non-alcoholic beer, but it's got all the hops and the barley and everything else in it. Yeah, and it's intended for you to be able to pregame before you start actually drinking beer once you get off work. Oh, interesting. And it's also so that you can fool the cops when they pull you over. You can have the zero alcohol Heineken in the bottle or something. Because in a lot of states, you can't have the alcohol open in your vehicle or they'll pull you over. But if you've got a non-alcoholic beverage, then they can't give you a citation for anything. All of the terrible taste, none of the forgetting your childhood trauma. Exactly. Why (laughs) would you make it? It makes no sense to me. I digress. Ladies and gents, time to get out your hashtags if you're listening live. If you're listening not live, you've got a lot of different social media places that carry hashtags. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. I'm sure there's other places, but those are like the big popular ones. So get out your hashtags and start putting them wherever social media is found. And find us on social media at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's time for another rousing edition of Hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Barbec
roasted. I believe we're drunk, folks. I believe we're drunk. All right. So I'm kind of taking the lead on this one. I think this is something that I came up with. And I'm not going to go into too deep detail tonight because we are kind of running short on time tonight. But I feel like this could be a series. This could be something that I could bring back in the future because I feel like we don't pull back the curtain enough on the behind the scenes of the intergalactic peace collision. How, what goes into actually What's making this show possible? Behind? We literally write each other on Tuesday and be like, hey, we're going to talk about this this week, right? Oh, yeah, I guess I need well, to watch that tonight. <laughs> Generally speaking, it's not that interesting. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not that interesting of a story. But I do want to uh, – this isn't more of an explanation as to why does this thing keep happening. Some of you may have noticed that our release schedule for episodes is a bit wonky sometimes. Sometimes we'll, ha- we'll record an episode on Friday, and then a few days will pass, and then we'll get to the next Friday, and we're recording a new episode – and the previous episode hasn't come out. What's the deal there? What's happening? Well, I can give you one instance where the reason was barbecue. The reason the episode was late was because of barbecue. And let me let me rephrase this and to say that, uh, of course, I work in a barbecue restaurant. So, you know, obviously that takes precedent because that's my day job that actually makes money. This does not yet um (laughs) so i don't get a paycheck from this i do this for fun you know that's how podcasting works so i had to kind of set it aside and fourth of july happened a couple weeks ago and that is the busiest day of the year so we're selling upwards in one day upwards of 120 slabs of ribs wow and 50, 60 chickens, like whole chickens. Dang. Like, Jeez. and that's not counting side dishes and everything else that goes into it and, you know, all the, all the stuff. And so there's a lot's happening. And then the previous days are also very, very busy. And so I was busy all week that week. So, you know, we recorded the episode and normally speaking, you know, I'll have a couple days off and I'll come back. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to edit the episode. That moment just never happened. (laughs) I just (laughs) never got back to it. And it was Saturday and I was like, oh crap, (laughs) last IPC, I've already recorded another episode of IPC. And actually, uh, these guys did me a huge favor in that we actually did the episode prior to that so the episode was recorded even earlier than normal and i got it out way later than normal because um because of fourth of july and because barbecue kept me from doing what i love and podcasting so uh if you ever see the episode coming up late just know it was probably barbecue there you go well, I mean, you put in a lot of effort behind the scenes even after we finish recording. Jake and I mostly just get on, talk, and then send you the audio file. And then basically everything that people hear on Google Play or Podbean or Apple Podcasts, that's like 99% of that is you. Very little of that ever has to do with us. And so we obviously don't. I mean, it's your voices. You have a good bit to do with it. <laughs> well, but the editing and the, the putting in the music and the quotes and the splicing in and out and the publication, the descriptions, the social media, like, dude, we don't thank you enough for all that you do. Like it, oh, it, yeah. it really 
saves a lot of other people a lot of of time and energy that that go into other things and i know that you've got things that you're putting time and energy into as well so like even if it is barbecue related it's still just very appreciated in general that you do that for us because this show outside of what happens on channel 1138 whenever we record this show would not reach the people that it reaches and wouldn't have the the following that it does without the behind the scenes effort that you put into it so thank you i sincerely sincerely appreciate that that means a lot to me and you know yeah and and it's funny i legitimately like love editing this show it's it's a lot of fun to put this all together and and make it sound as best as possible putting on all the music stuff like that and I genuinely enjoy it. Like, I have a lot of fun doing it. The only thing that bums me out is when I don't have time to do it. <laughs> right. That's the only caveat is that I, you know, I, I, you know, it usually takes a few hours, give or take, to kind of sit down and make it all happen. Some some weeks are, are harder than others. But, uh, you know, it's still, it's a lot of fun. And sometimes I just don't have a few hours to sit down. Mm-hmm. And it bums me out because, you know, I know you guys are... You see the live posts go out. You know we've recorded a live episode because we don't. A lot of podcasts don't do live shows. We actually like record them in front of a live studio audience, and uh, you guys know when it's happening. So you know it's like, where is it? Where is it in my feed? And I'm like, I know, guys. I, I'm. I feel you. I wanted to get it out to you too, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. So all that is to say is. Thank you for letting me do this, and thank you for your patience in uh, letting me do this, because sometimes I can't do it in as as timely a fashion as I want to, but still, ultimately, my goal is to make the episodes seem and uh, hear as, uh, or, you know, make them as listenable and as great-sounding as possible. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, you you definitely do that. And uh, one other small little barbecue-related element um i had a very very fresh barbecue sandwich earlier this week when i stopped by my favorite uh gas station slash barbecue shop called bucky's ah bucky's yeah bucky's has like you know they they have them set out there and like yeah like barbecue i had a i had a barbecue turkey sandwich yep they got they got they got turkey they've got um hot links and uh pulled pork now at least at some of the ones around here. And then they've got diced or sliced brisket. There were some diced ones out, but those are kind of messy when you're driving. So I usually get sliced brisket. And I literally watched them take the the meat out of the slow cooker, put it on the slab, cut it up into the slices, put the slices on the bread, drizzle it with sauce, wrap it up, stick a sticker on it, and then put it on the display. And I pulled it right off the display as soon as they finished processing it. Perfect. It was it was so mouthwatering and so tantalizing, but I was also standing there with like forty bucks worth of merchandise <laughs> because I found some some shirts and stuff that I wanted to wear around the house and stuff because I'm just I'm a Bucky's fan, but whatever. Um, so I was sitting there with like hands full of chips and a drink and a couple of pieces of merchandise and things like that. And then I had, like, two fingers left at my disposal, and I reached out with, like, a little pincer maneuver and just grabbed that first sandwich that fell onto the display and then left. But, man. Nice. The, thing, the things I will do for good barbecue, and that is some damn good barbecue. <laughs> Gotta love Bucky's. Man. I've never been. Jake, I am taking you when you come visit Mondo and me in Texas. Please do. 
Which, by the way, uh, Mondo and I are going on a road trip next week. Ooh, where where to? We're we're taking a very long winding road to San Antonio. Nice. There's a, there's, there's a lot of state highways and back roads. If we took the the main freeway, we'd probably get there in like five hours. But the road that we're taking, plus the number of stops that we're taking, is probably going to end up being like a ten or eleven hour road trip this way. Dang. But yeah. you're staying in Texas though. Yeah, we're staying within Texas. We're not trying to travel outside of the state. Um, but um. We're taking a very long road down there, and because we've noticed the last time we took a trip like this, we noticed there were a lot of small towns that may not have any kind of a grocery store. That's how small they are. There's no, there's no Brookshire's, there's no Albertsons, there's no little Aldi or markets or anything like that. There's nothing that's grocery related except for a Dollar General. That's mm-hmm. like the closest thing that these towns have to anything grocery related, and I actually plotted a route through those small towns from here to San Antonio based on where the Dollar Generals are located in each of those towns. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so wow. We're, we're calling this the Dollar General road trip. We're taking one state highway that's kind of like making an S shape that's going there, and then we're going to take another highway back, and we're going to end up hitting about 20 to 25 Dollar Generals over the course of a three-day weekend. That is awesome. <laughs> Wow. I'm jealous. We're um, going to be documenting <laughs> all of that. So go find me on social media <laughs> at Zach the Voice, Z A C H the Voice on Twitter, and Zach dot the Voice on Instagram. Odds are there will be a lot of selfies in front of Dollar Generals to come in uh, in the next few coming days. So uh, be on the lookout for that, and be on the lookout for just. IPC related stuff in general as well by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. Absolutely. And you can find me at Ben Hart with no E on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram, and also through the Star Wars Underworld at the SWU and at Culture Slate doing some. Uh, if you've been seeing some memes out on Facebook, that's that was me. That was me on Culture <laughs> Slate. Go, go follow go follow them and uh, check them out. Um, yeah, yeah, some awesome stuff. And Jake, please tell them, tell them, tell them all the places you've got a lot of stuff. Oh on. man, I do. Uh, so you can find me at uh, at Jake Damon on Twitter. You can find me at Jake W Damon on Instagram. That's my personal account, and then I've got an art account too, which I post art to sometimes at Jexpatch. J E X P A T C H. Well, a reminder that our R-rated extension program RIPC is back. And it is being published by our friends over at the Fandom Empire. You can find them at fandomempire.net for any published episodes that come out. I think the first one's going to be due to release pretty soon here. I know Sean's got a lot of stuff that he's been juggling lately, so uh, we're not putting any pressure on him to publish it anytime soon. But uh, we've recorded the first two episodes, and we're getting ready to record a couple of more. So if you're looking for more IPC stuff that's maybe a little bit more adult-rated, then go check out the RIPC podcast and just go check out Fandom Empire now on uh, social media and YouTube and Facebook and all that other good stuff. Uh, we're going to be publishing those episodes pretty soon here. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being on one one of these days. I'm also looking forward to listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I remember doing it previously. Our very first RIPC episode was about the movie Zombies. <laughs> and, uh, yep. I, I actually just finished watching Zombies again the other day. 
so that I could provide commentary for it. So I've got the <laughs> studio commentary of my thoughts on the movie Zombies available for our friend Steve, and I'm going to send it to him once it's uploaded to the Google Drive. And uh, if anybody else wants to listen to it, I'll check with him first, but I feel like he'd be okay if I shared it with a couple other people. If you want to watch this movie while watching it with me, please do so, and then just let me know what you thought of that terrible movie because it's god-awful. <laughs> I love zombies. I, I would love to have a conversation about it sometime. Uh, yeah, we we need to do a full on like commentary or something. Oh, just, I would love it. Just watch it together. Yeah, yes. I wish I wish it was on a platform where we could do like a Netflix party. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. It might be. I know there's a lot of other similar movies that are like that out there. What we need to do is watch the Velocipaster together sometime. <laughs> I, I heard that move to Disney Plus. <laughs> that movie is not going anywhere. I promise you, that is 70 minutes of your time absolutely wasted, and you will never get back again. <laughs> Velasa Pastor got the seal of approval from Disney. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. According to Steven, Zombies is on Tubi, so there's options for us to be able to watch it, but cool. uh, we'll figure that out sometime in the, in the not-too-distant future. But I think, unless you guys have any other thoughts, that might do it for uh this episode of the ipc podcast awesome sauce i think we nailed it this was a heck of a lot of fun top fives are always so much fun and this one was surprisingly just all over the place <laughs> and uh had, had we didn't have quite as many submissions as we're used to but i think all of them were fantastic and i think we nailed it too with our list so yeah can't wait for next week me neither. Uh, we're going to officially announce what our next story arc is right here, right now. I almost forgot about that. I told people last week we were going to do that. Our next story arc, since there's no movies releasing, we're going to be doing a little bit of a throwback arc again. And uh, this is one that has been requested by one Mr. Joey Mays several times over. It's finally time to review the Ghostbusters franchise. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And, uh, we'll decide just how much of that franchise we're going to get into, but hopefully we can get Joey on for at least one of those episodes. We'll, we'll figure out the, the best way to go about doing that. But uh, yeah, we're finally doing Ghostbusters and all things related to it after many, many frequent requests. Uh, that request is finally being answered. So be sure to tune in next week when we start our Ghostbusters arc right here on the IPC podcast. But that's going to do it for this episode. Episode 293 is now officially in the books. Guys, we're inching closer to episode number 300. Ooh. I say we review the movie 300 on our 300th episode, but that's just me. <laughs> Seems perfect for me. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to do it for tonight's episode, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next time. Until that time comes around, we're just going to leave you with this final thought. To love is to trust. To trust is to believe. And we trust and believe that we'll see you next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone.
Yes. Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. Star Wars rules. This is momentous. This is exciting. This is exciting. Why, hello there, Ben. Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. Is the founder of the Star Wars Unworld, Mr. Ben Hart. How's it going, everybody? Man. Whoa. How do you like that? That's pretty awesome. It it gave me some Zoom vibes when they go Zoom, 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 <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> but that's a rocking theme. I am Bill Nye. You need a podcast. <laughs> that theme song now. Yeah, I, I need my own standalone show now. You do. You need a you need a Ben Hart spinoff series. I didn't even think about Bill Nye, but that's exactly what that is. Well, th- that's uh, Bill. Yeah. Bill. That, Bill <laughs> Nye, the science guy. Like, literally the same. I'm sorry. I didn't grow up with Bill Nye. I know of him, but I, I don't have that theme song impregnated. He doesn't know mind. Bill Nye, the science guy. He knows Bill Nye, the guy on the internet that screams at you about science. Exactly. I, I remember match. Bill Nye the Science Guy, but actually my science program was Beekman's World. Yeah, what? I, re- I kind of remember that. Do you, either of you guys remember Beekman's World? No, Barely. no. It was it was this this scientist dude with a white afro and a really really fat guy that dressed up in a rat costume as his sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm intrigued. 